buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. Today, I'm going to be talking with Kayla Citrin Thaler. She is a BDR team lead over at Domino Data Lab, and we got some interesting topics for you today. We're going to be talking about video and how to do it properly, creative outreach, and uh, onboarding and handoffs. Kayla, welcome to the show, and how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for joining. I uh, messed up on our last time we had this scheduled, so I'm so happy that we were able to get it rescheduled and have you on the show today. Before we kind of jump into these uh, tactical topics that we planned out five minutes ago, uh, why don't you just give us the short version of your sales story? Yeah. So I got in sales in late 2018, out of the blue, got referred by Tamara Ford at Looker. Looker was the only cool company in Santa Cruz. And so I wanted to work for them. I started in inbound and then quickly moved to outbound SMB, started networking with the one of the top performers at Looker and moved into named accounts, was an enterprise BDR there for a few quarters and then moved over to Domino with my old manager, Ryan Anderson. And I've been at Domino since, um, haven't missed a single quarter of quota. And I give a lot of credit to video because I've been using that for the past eight of my nine quarters that I've hit. Wow. Okay. So you obviously are passionate about video because <laughs> you're basically giving credit to just crushing your quota nine quarters in a row based on using video in your sales process. So when do you use video? What are some of the like do's and don'ts with video that you found? Um, you're obviously all in on video here. So just break it down. Yeah. So I would say, first off, I want to start by saying that there's no excuse for not using video. Oh, I so, love that. I love that so yeah. much. Because people are always like, what part of the sales process should I use video? And it's like, all of it. Yeah. Like, Why not? Build it into your cadences. That's, I think, one of the most important things is build in actual steps in your cadences. So in our cadences at Domino, we have a step where you've connected the first day you've connected with someone on LinkedIn and day five, if they've connected with you on LinkedIn, you'll send them a video through LinkedIn 
on Drift or Vidyard. And then after you send that video, you'll say, I create a video for you. It's less than a minute, I promise. If they haven't connected with you on LinkedIn, you can always use a mutual group and message them through that mutual group. And if none of those exist, you will send them a video in an email. Wait, let's hit pause there for a second. Break it down like mutual group. What do you mean there? I mean, I think I know a lot of things, but you even stumped me a little bit there. So what are you talking about? So if you and someone are in a group, you can message them, you can find them in that group, and then Mm. you can message them through that group and it will show up as a message request, which is a bit more friendly than in mail. Mm. Okay, so on LinkedIn. So even like find what group they're in, join Mm -hmm. that group and then send a message, which is because nobody pays attention to in mail. No, I don't even even understand why in mail exists. That's a whole nother topic. Why is there two inboxes LinkedIn? I don't know, but you know, we'll just park that and keep it tactical. All right. So, all right. So in the cadence, connect with them on LinkedIn and day five, if they connected, send them a video minute or less, keep it short and brief. If they haven't accepted it, find out what groups are in, get into those groups, send them a group message. So what I what I'd also say with that group message is have some scalable scalable videos so they're persona related and so mm-hmm. there's a lot lower open rates with the shared group but at least it's a touch. So what we usually have is a video per persona and my BDRs will share it when they're messaging through the group because I don't want them to put too much time but yeah. you can also tear out your people, right? And you can say this is a person I need a meeting with. And you can do more personalized video with that. Mm, okay. So you have some persona based videos, so you're not going fully custom. Um, just kind of quick, send it over. It's better than the long four paragraph with a call to action link message that they're used to getting in LinkedIn. Um, and it's a little bit friendlier than a sales nav in mail. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. All right. And so, but if it's, if it's a, you know, high, high on your target list accounts, then maybe take the time to personalize. So let's dig into that a little bit. What level of personalization? What's kind of the format of that, you know, script writing for the video? Um, Let's break that down and and dig into it. So if you are a BDR manager or a sales leader, you should have scripts for your team. Like number one, if you don't have scripts, you should (laughs) sit down and create them. Work with product marketing, work with your team to know what the pain points are and have a script which would say, hey name, uh, the reason for my outreach is blank. Generally when I talk to other persona, they're dealing with frustrations around blank, blank and blank. This is the reason why social proof, so related company uses our product or you would say uses Domino to achieve X result. You can give an actual example. So something I use at Domino is in fact, Lockheed Martin saves over $4 million a year because they've been able to reduce the amount of DevOps engineers supporting data science from 24 to one. And then you go in for that soft CTA of, would it be worthwhile to have a conversation or would you be open to a deeper conversation? In the research piece though, I tell my BDRs to not spend more than one minute. Look on LinkedIn, see what they do. 
Mm -hmm. See what their description is. Maybe they manage a team of 25 data scientists. Cool. Use that as outreach. Record it right there. You can look at their activity feed, but what you're going to really want to look at is their posts. Activity feed is just way too chaotic and there's way too much. Look at their posts. Literally spend 30 minutes. Once you find something, record on that. Do not go back to their profile. Record on that wherever you are and then send it off. And if you don't find anything which could happen depending on what persona you're going after, then what? Then just use your script, right? Yeah. Because if, if you know your persona... I mean, the, the person going deep on the personalization doesn't matter that much, right? No. You're really just trying to pique their interest to see if what you do or what you solve resonates with them. And then you're going to have more qualified meetings because what you are trying to solve for them actually matters rather than like talking about a bunch of crap that is your thinking is going to help you build rapport or trust that they really don't care. And they're going to see right through it anyway. Yeah. So just know what your personas care about. That should be something also that's really important is create these scripts, understanding the pain and frustration of your prospect too often, I think salespeople do not do the research that they should do. If someone says, no, I won't take a meeting, ask them if they'll just do a, a conversational meeting. You don't want to sell them on anything, but have a conversation to understand their role better. So use an, and I've had that. I had a CIO at Caterpillar who said, honestly, I won't take a sales meeting. I actually got his name wrong first and I messed up. And then he said, what do you think? Like, how should I react to this? And I sent him this gif of, I think, Freddie Muniz saying, I'll just go hide under a rock now. And it got his attention. He took the call. And then we just talked about, hey, what is your what do you care about? What is your day to day like? And it helped me understand him and his persona better. And who knows? Maybe three years down the line or two months down the line, someone's going to mention Domino or someone's going to mention that they need a data science platform and he may remember Domino, but it was more for my own education. And I think that's something else that's really important is you have to be your best educator and your best advocate. And this goes on to a different subject, but if you are a, a salesperson or a BDR, share your wins because you need to create transparency for yourself and share what's working so that people in your company can notice you and you just have to be your best advocate because no one else will be your best advocate besides you. Boom. All right. There it is. The play is screw up the first name, send them a funny <laughs> gif, get the meeting for research so that you can better understand your persona. That is the play for the win. Yes, I guess it is. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, you know, being human and making mistakes actually works. Like making mistakes is okay. I think so many people are so scared to get on video because they're like, I'm not going to do it perfect. I'm not going to nail it. They spend 30 minutes doing research for a one minute video. And it's like, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be real and authentic. Be yourself. Tr actually try to, try to, the maybe the goal is like, to not be perfect with it. And that yeah. might be much easier for you to swallow to just use video. Like I'm a big believer in video. I, I, I use video on cold outreach. I use video at every stage of the sales process. If an email is gonna be more than two sentences, then I write the email as a script for a video. Exactly. Um, and, and, and I think that more people need to, you know, stop being scared to just get on camera. Like people really don't care what you look like. People don't really care if you don't nail it perfectly. You're only going to get better if you just start doing it more and get over the fact that like in the beginning, when you first start using video, you're going to suck at it. 
and that's yeah. okay. <laughs> and I, I think that's the on authenticity is the piece. So when I'm doing videos, it seems not scripted, even though half the time I'm just reciting it and it is very, very scripted. But what I tell my BDRs is unless you mess up really bad, just take a breath and you can even say, I'm so sorry on the video or just yeah. people want human interaction. And also we forget that these, even these C-suite, they're human. They're consuming video in their homes. They're consuming video on their phones. They're watching Netflix. They're consuming video already. I, I'm i sure there are some industries where video doesn't work and other things work better, right? But I believe video is like a voicemail, but with a face. And in a day where it's hard to get a lot of numbers, I've tried many different tools. Some work better than others, but still you don't have a 100% hit rate. If I'm connecting with people on LinkedIn, there is a very high percentage that they'll watch my video. And then I keep bugging them. I send, I make up uh, personal gifts. Like I have one that after I send the video, I'll say, what did you think? And have my hands up. So it's how do you get creative in your outreach? Or another example is I wrote a rap for someone and I'm really bad at rapping, but it booked the meeting. So it's like, mm. Be committed to the process and be creative. And when you find things that are good points of outreach, when you're doing your minute or less of research on that person, unless it's like this is the C-suite at this company and you need to get in, I would spend more time. But there yeah. was a, um, I was watching a presentation. There was a guy who was drinking a Blue Moon and I sent him two blue moon glasses. And this was a presentation back from 2014, but it was that personal touch that no one else pays attention to those small details that helped me get above the noise. Yeah. And you got to look for those opportunities. They're at, they're there if you look for them. Um, and so I, I, and I just want to bring it up because you've now said it two times, one minute of research for your yes. personalization. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe that's something that's a little bit important to you. Um, and, and tell me why and like, what are, what do you, what are people typically doing if they're not sticking to that one minute? What are you seeing? Cause uh, you've brought it up a couple of times and I want to make sure the sales hustlers listening, you know, understand your, your perspective on that. So I think why people are discouraged to do video and do personalized <laughs> outreach is because it takes a long time. And so you have to set rules for yourself on doing this research. And if you take 10, 15, the thing is you have to tear out your people. So there's going to be people who are going to be like, these are my top 20 people this quarter who I need to get meetings with. And you're going to spend more time on those people. But mm -hmm. most of your people you're gonna spend about a minute. If you don't find a minute, you already have the messaging. If I hope you have the messaging that resonates with the persona. So if you're just recording a video on their profile, you're still having that personalization, but kind of at scale because they, and there's the familiarity. That's, I'm all about familiarity. That's why you record on wherever you're doing research. They've shared a post or it's on their LinkedIn. They see their face. So they know that you couldn't have sent that video to anyone else in the world. Hmm. When you, what do you mean you say that you see their face? Are you talking about sharing the actual screen? Yeah. So when I am recording a video, I am recording on their LinkedIn profile with my head in a little bubble. Always. Yeah. 
I will never share a video besides when I created my rap. I will never share a video that is completely me because no one cares about me. So they mm. care about seeing themselves. There's this famili familiarity or let's say you're looking at their posts, their head's still in a bubble on the left-hand side and you see the post and their face. And so I think it's just that familiarity and people like once you start driving a certain car, you remember that car, right? You were, you yeah. know your face. And so you're knowing that this is, someone has taken the time. You're documenting <laughs> the social stalking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, wow, this is interesting. Uh, I've never heard this before. I'd love to try it. So I'm curious, was there a time where you used to do just yourself on video? And then when did you transition to like actually showing their LinkedIn profile as you're recording? And what differences did you see uh, in that transition? So I used to do scalable videos when I was at Looker. We had, I think, like six or seven personas that we reached out to. So it was a little more challenging mm -hmm. to do personalized videos. I used to use dogs in my videos because dogs are cute. <laughs> um, like dogs on the screen? So or like your actual dog? Talking to them, holding a dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I would slack everyone at Looker and I got in trouble um, for slacking literally everyone in the Santa Cruz office, but I would slack them, slack everyone and say like, hey, is there a dog I can use on these videos? Because dogs are cute. Um, I think I started the, uh, probably at the end of my time at Looker, the be I think it was the beginning of Domino. I don't remember who told me or where the idea came from, but I've, since I started at Domino, I've been recording on people's profiles. So I think that's really important. It doesn't take much more time than recording a video of yourself and it's about them. And that's the most important piece is that you're making it about them and not making it about yourself. Mm. So I... And and yeah. typically whatever recording platform is going to have a, like a GIF of the first part of the video and they're going to see themselves. So I'm, I'm guessing just kind of putting the pieces together here that they're more likely to actually watch it. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I actually have not sent many videos this quarter because I've been leading the team at Domino, but in general, I think I have like a f of people who open the videos. I think it was, I had like a, 30 something percent reply rate, whether that was positive or negative, but a 30% reply rate. My BDRs, the two most recent ones who I did onboarding with, they are quicker with video than a personalized email because a personalized email takes so much time to just think about. Whereas if you have a video, you can just be on their profile. If you know the script, it's up, you find one piece of research and it's just, easier for them. So we've actually created a cadence for them where it's video first. We used to have a personalized email first and now it's video first. There's also an email later in the cadence. So you're going to be uh, using your video basically four times if you're not connected to them on LinkedIn, if you're not connected through a group. If it's just through email, there's the first email that you send them a video. The title is usually their name and then there's i don't the outside arrows yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> and then your yeah. name hyphen quick video and then it says hey name uh hyphen created a video for you it's less than a minute i promise you send that off you reply to it a day later with thoughts question mark then later down in the cadence you have another 
email that says feedback and it says wondering if you'd be willing to share feedback on my video or on the video, not my mm-hmm. video that makes it too much about you. Love it. On the sure. video, yeah. you put in the video and then you have another bump that says, what did you think? So you're literally getting four touches out of one video. Do you use, do you, wait, I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, was it, I believe it was, was it you that was talking with Jason Bay about the, about the email gift bump with the fingers? Pointing I, up or the sad face? I have done a lot of gifts and maybe me, probably someone else, but I do have a mm. gift that says like, what did you think? I'm sure yeah. people have gifts that are like, yeah, yeah. what did you think? Or... Um, I love gifts, personalized gifts. When you get a certain reaction from people a lot of times, come up with a personalized gift and people think that you're creating that gift just for them, but you're reusing it all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, they're great for the bumps. I mean, it's just like, you can use the short, any thoughts, you know, feedback on the video, those are all great. And then throw in a a little personalized gift or it's any thoughts or finger pointing up, we've, implemented some of that ourselves um after you know um taking take stealing it from jason bay and uh seen a lot of success and if anything it catches people's attention um not all of it is positive replies but sometimes it gets conversation going so i love all of that all right i'm curious you've talked a lot about email you've talked a lot about linkedin what about phone where is phone in 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 the in the sequence and the cadence here So we have cadences with calls and cadences without calls because I don't want my BDRs wasting their time if they don't have someone's number skipping a step. Generally, we have a few scripts. Um, A script I like is, hey, name, wondering who's in charge of day-to-day data science strategy over at blank. Or you get way more specific based on their title. And you're like, hey, wondering who's in charge of sales and marketing data science over at Dell. Right. Mm. And then they're like, I am. And then you dive into the conversation. Um, we do have calls in all of our cadences. It's just that there's not all the time good numbers. And so I rely heavier on email and LinkedIn. We still call. I think calling is super, super important. If you can get someone on the call on the phone, it is great. Right. Yeah. But because even if they don't respond to your LinkedIn or your or your videos or your emails or any of that stuff, it's such a warmer call. Once you yeah. actually get on the phone, because like, oh, you're the one that keeps sending these damn videos. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're connected on LinkedIn, you have the familiarity. And so I've had calls where I've said like, I think, I forget, it was one of the food delivery companies. And I was like, hey, it's Kayla from Domino. I was calling because we connect on LinkedIn. And they're like, oh, yeah. So there's that familiarity, which I think yeah. also goes into the piece of create some type of LinkedIn presence. Because... I've had prospects that I'll pop in their feed. And I remember there was one prospect at Caterpillar and he took a meeting and it actually kind of led to, I think it was stage two or something. But he said, you really artfully reach out with a creative way. And then I saw you popping up in my feed and you just reminded me that you existed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think people have to post five days a week. I don't even post that much anymore, but I think, creating a presence and having a good looking LinkedIn is really, really important because people remember that. Yeah. So posting frequently, whatever that looks like is important to stay top of mind with those people. How about actually commenting and engaging or saving them on a list and engaging with their content if they put any out, depending on your persona, which could be often or not very often, just depending (laughs) on who you're reaching out to. 
So I don't use lists as much as I should. Mm. Um, but yes, engage with their content, comment on it. Um, remind them that you, your job is to remind them that you exist and just say, hey, hey, I'm here. Not in a really annoying way, but in a way where you're like annoyingly persistent in a good way, I guess. But mm-hmm. always yeah, interacting, especially if you're doing your research, go like some of their stuff, go comment on some of their stuff, tell them you exist. Um, I'm not the best at it. And that I would say is something I just haven't focused as much on, but I do believe in the power of creating lists and really engaging with your prospects content. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an important piece. All right. So we, we talked about video, we talked about some creative ways of, of doing outreach. Tell me more about this rap and like what you did and like, (laughs) like why did you choose to do that? Like what was the importance of that particular prospect and did it work? So this prospect was at Riot Games, which is an account that we hadn't gotten into. It's a really hard account to get into. Um, I was doing deep research, so he was someone who I really wanted to get into. And so it was more the, than a, more than a minute. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> a minute and a half. Um, okay. at, at that point, my because I was where I was supporting five AEs. And so I had them create lists of the exact people who they wanted meetings with. And my job was just to book meetings and it worked. Um, And so this prospect I was, and my job is also to do research. So it wasn't just me being lazy and saying, I'm gonna send all these people an email and put them on cadence. It was me doing deeper research. and he had a presentation that was called 99 problems but spark and databricks ain't one and i wrote him a rap to 99 problems about domino and his reply was this is like the most creative outreach i've gotten if nothing else this deserves 15 minutes of my time mm, awesome so, <laughs> yeah. so what can, how can people I think, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the research, right? So when you're doing the research and and trying to come up with a creative way to to reach out to them, um, what sort of things should you be looking for? How do you turn that into a piece of creative outreach? Kind of break some of that stuff down. Like, do you have like a process for that Um, or what's worked for you in the past? So I would say if people are like your tier ones, like must get meetings, look at first at their LinkedIn, see what they currently do, then go to their posts and go through their posts, see if you can tie something in. I think that's really the creative part with a lot of people struggle with is tying it in. Mm. Um, It's the creativity. So people are very organized, but less creative. So you have to really get creative about it. I would do a Google search. So I'll do Google searches. it's really about thinking in a creative way of how can I find a piece of research and tie it into my product or a value prop Mm. or be convincing enough that someone thinks that it's tied. So like I was doing research on someone and they wrote an article about how they did data science around beers or something. And one line in the article was, I don't like hoppy beers. And so I said, I know you don't like hoppy beers. Something else that other data science leaders don't like is when their teams can't get models into production quickly. So those two things have really no connection besides not liking something, but you tie that in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what I look for specific. I prefer non-work related stuff sometimes because I have had some random outreach. There's um, some company in Canada. I forget what they're called, but I reach out to this guy. He had, I think he had posted. I love Twitter also. Same concept though. Do not go through everyone's tweets. Go through their media on Twitter. And he had posted about his bird and then he had posted about his cat and posted other things. And I did something creative and then it was like, hey, I hope your bird and your cat are like doing well. And he thought that was very creative. But also you have to like play it off really well because that could come off as really creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just like. Or if you don't tie it in properly yeah. enough, it's basically yeah. pointless. Yeah. I mean, that is, it, it doesn't that- seem authentic if you're just like oh i found something i'm gonna say that and then i'm gonna transition to talking about products and features and all the other crap that they're used to hearing yeah like just find a way to tie in something you found to your product like value prop so it could be for example domino focuses on collaboration if i see someone who has something about baseball and you can scale this right If I see someone talking about baseball, I'm like, hey, I noticed that you shared something on Twitter about this team. Something that's really important in baseball is teams working together, just like how data science teams need to collaborate. But I've been talking to other data science leaders and they're having frustrations around their teams collaborating and this, that, the other, right? So find one thing that you can just creatively tie into your product and how your product helps and be convincing about it and people will follow. Mm. All right. So when, when is the best time to do this sort of research or come up with these creative ideas? Cause I could see it being very easily for people to just get really stuck in that rabbit hole or not being efficient with their time where they could be doing other, other, you know, more revenue generating activities. And, and, and so when's the appropriate time, how much time to do this? What would you have like a schedule for this or kind of a process that you see works best for you and your team? So there's two ways where I look at it. Um, one way I like to look at things is time blocking. So even though you have your cadences, you break out what activities are you are doing at certain times. So if you have 50 people on a call step, you're doing an hour of calls, you're doing an hour of research, you're doing an hour of video. And I think people are more productive when they continue to do the same activity over and over and over, just that repetition. Another thing you can do, which my team does is depending on how many videos you have to send out that day, my team will do the research as they're doing the video step, because then they can just record the video then and there. So I found that doing research and video at the same time actually works and is kind of in the same activity. So that's what I would recommend is when you're doing a video, spend no more than a minute, unless it is a top tier persona. And that's something that's so important is breaking those people down and saying, okay, these are my tier one people. These are the top 20 to 50 people I need to get meetings with this quarter. Then you break down and the rest, you can do more scalable videos. Those are still people you want meetings with, but like at Domino, that would be, um, actually that's a really hard example because we want to get into all the like fortune 500 (laughs) accounts. So, (laughs) um, but they also only reach out to director level and above because that's where our tipping point is for purchasing. Yeah. All right. Awesome. This has been very tactical. I'm sure all of the sales hustlers learned quite a lot. I learned a few things myself. So (laughs) thank you, Kayla. 
Um, any final thoughts? What what links are we going to include in the show notes for sales hustlers to maybe connect with you or anything else you want to let them know? Just feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, if you have questions about video, happy to help. Um, a lot of times I ask people to send me a video example of a video that they've actually sent rather than trying to create a fake video for me because that just doesn't land as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think just setting aside time to actually record video is the most important thing and getting over the fear of perfection. So just going Mm -hmm. for it. If you mess up, that's okay. We're all human, but just try it out if you haven't tried it out and also don't get discouraged. So don't say, and this is actually, I just recorded another uh, podcast a little while ago. And if you've, I think with Tom, um, but if you've sent two videos, that's I, and you say it doesn't work, I'm mm-hmm. going to challenge you on that because you didn't send two emails and land two meetings. So if you're against video, I challenge you to try sending a hundred videos and getting feedback from someone who you know who does video and asking for that feedback rather than just saying, I did a hundred videos and it didn't work. What if your lighting was off? What if your script wasn't good? There are so many different factors. So I would get feedback on your first few videos and then run with it. Yeah, no, that's great advice. All right. Thank you so much, Kayla. Sales Hustlers, if you enjoyed today's episode, share with your friends, write us a review. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.